everybody, and welcome back to Writing the Rapids, the show where I, Joe Balecki, talk to writers about writing, and very often those writers have been recommended to me by writers who have previously been on the show, unless, of course, it's a rejoinder episode, which this is. Dean Swinford was on in the Halcyon days of Writing the Rapids, and he's back now to talk about his third book in the Death Metal Epic series, the third and final book, Sinister Synthesizer. Dean Swinford likes all kinds of music. Death Metal, Black Metal, Doom Metal, Grindcore, Funeral Doom, Power Metal, Drone, Christian Metal, Industrial Metal, Gothic Metal, Gothic Rock, Dark Wave, Hair Metal, neo Neoclassical, Prog, Thrash, Dark Ambient, Dungeon Synth, and even, on rare occasions, New Metal. He lives in North Carolina. If you would like to support this show, you can do so in a few ways. The free way is to go on to Spotify, listen to an episode or two, uh, because they don't let you rate it unless you listen to it. So if you don't listen on Spotify, go to Spotify, listen to an episode or two, and then rate it five stars so that the Spotify algorithm will tell other people to listen to it too. You can also toss me some money. You can go to patreon.com slash noisemakerjoe. If you do that, you'll get episodes early. You could go to paypal.me slash noisemakerjoe and just toss me a, a little donation. Or you could buy my book. It's called Tired, and it's on Amazon. Without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Dean. So we, we've come to the, the close of the trilogy of the death metal epic. And... Um, First of all, congratulations. I think I think this is the first um like a completed series that I've covered on this show. And um I guess I guess we'll kind of start with that, the idea of the series, because it presents itself from the beginning as a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um and so how much of it was kind of planned from the beginning and how much did you discover along the way? Yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, first, yeah, uh, it's basically taken about 10 years to do the whole thing. Uh, so especially with COVID and everything, I was kind of like with the third book, you know, there are a lot of challenges to getting it done and everything, but, um, but I was able to get it done. So that was good. As far as the planning of the whole thing, um, you know, there are parts of the third book that I actually wrote probably when I was doing the first book. Mm. I had an idea for how I wanted everything to end, uh, like a few ideas that I that from the very beginning I had been working with. But the actual ending, ending, which I don't want to talk about too much, but I kind of had like a, a happier ending in mind for uh, poor David Fosberg, but I ended up not going with that mm. <laughs> and, uh, and kind of ending it where I did. Um, but other than that, along the way, uh, if you were to go back and look at the books, like the first and second, then you would see kind of the buildup of some of the things that are in the third book that are just kind of mentioned, or there's a little bit about in the first couple. So the, the seeds have been there through the whole thing. Um, and so I just kind of been trying to, to weave it all together over time. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I, I found that, uh, and maybe we talked about this the first time, but that episode is years old now. So it's, it's, I'd forgive anybody for, for, for not knowing either. Um, but this sort of tells like an alternate history of black metal. I feel like, mm-hmm. right. Like it's set around the same time. It's set in a different country. Um, right. but there's a lot of, um, especially with, um, Necker, 
no oh geez no i'm gonna i'm gonna like portmanteau the names together um what ne- nordicon and nordicon yes yeah. um especially their dynamic feels very um reminiscent of of the euronymous and varg stuff and um between that and the feeling that it's a coming of age story but almost like a a a metal coming of age story like a coming of age of of the genre Um, yes yeah yeah it's both right so you have the one the character who's trying to figure out here's this thing that i care about that he's invested a lot of time in but he's not sure that it's doing anything for him and so he's trying to figure all of that sort of stuff out uh yeah i tried to with each book include so many different elements of metal uh, kind of in that time period because i really see that as being um where you know even today we could you could still track or trace so many of the main metal genres back to that period like things that are just kind of coming out of, of that period and so I, I wanted it to be in that sense touching on all of those different genres and subgenres. I, I think you know the way I generally explain is like the first book is really about death metal the second book is really about black metal the third book is about the fragmentation of genres and and, and in this you know for to say the third book talks a lot about dungeon synth, but the other side of it is like a resurgence of classic metal. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the other, the other theme in there. Uh, and, and I, I guess I kind of see that within that period, but I, I, and I guess, you know, your initial question about like metal history and everything like that, I didn't want to write a book that was just like another iteration of this, you know, Norwegian black metal story that everybody at this point knows. Um, but I wanted to work with some of those different themes or ideas. Um, and yeah, and, and so setting it in a different country, having characters who are not connected to that, but I make occasional nods like to an awareness that of the of the real world outside of the imaginary world of, of the death metal epic. So there's a sense that these two worlds or two stories are coexisting. But and I think along with that, you know, as if you just think about music scenes as well, is that people have this idea, you know, of of what was the most famous thing going on at a particular point. But uh, there are always hundreds of other places and stories and things happening to people. And with the series, I'm really more interested in that. I'm more interested in the people who are not the, who are not the winners uh, of, of the music world. And that's kind of, um, I, I think that that would contribute to, uh, to that focus in, in the books. Yeah, and I, yeah, I found that um, ha- having previously been in in a metal band when I was a kid, um, a kid in high school, uh, that like watching everybody kind of figure that all out at the same time, right, and move in different directions. Like of all the people I know who played music when I was in high school and and doing music stuff, like. I don't know any of them are making a living off of music or, or even really doing it anymore. You know, I'm not in a ton of contact with a lot of those guys, but you know, there, there's a, 
that like I, I don't know this feeling that like when you're in it that like it's the only thing yeah uh and and then you're out of it and you're like oh wow like i'm surprised i got as far as i did right well and i i think you know that's another thing like with with these with these books and what i might write about next is just this i'm really interested in how um these pop culture things really shape contemporary identity in ways that i don't think people talk about in a lot of depth beyond like someone had their phase where they did this or they, they did that but i think for for lots of things uh you know these different um kind of pop culture fixations really serve as, as a kind of uh, almost like a form of belief for people a source of like life practices and everything like that you know i, I mean the other um thing that that i'm really into besides metal is skateboarding i grew up skateboarding and like the next project i would want to do would probably be something about that and i still skate I have friends who you know who are old like me and we skate together and everything like that and and to me it's a it's a really similar kind of thing where here's this thing that uh that that shapes your day-to-day -day reality like things that you think about or what's important to you and all of that sort of stuff but that um you know in in uh, on the one hand it's really important on the other hand it's totally meaningless and, and i think that that is kind of i don't know it's kind of interesting or that's something that i guess that i'm interested in and, and in the books i i have the, the characters kind of grappling with that and in the series you know there's only one there's really only one guy who actually makes it <laughs> i don't want to talk about that too much but but you know so that's it's similar to your experience and probably similar to the experience of lots of even in the sort of the side characters like you you get that near the end where where Sfart's world view is kind of being like collapsed around him uh -huh. and he's like oh these people i really looked up to and thought that they were you know actual magicians actual wizards are like just kind of weird dudes uh -huh. and um you know, I I think there's a lot of kind of little moments in in culture surrounding music um, that that like happens to, and it's generally like more outsidery types of music. It feels like um, like dubstep had right. that moment, like the pre Skrillex dubstep in the UK, where it was just like everything for a, uh -huh. a smallish group of guys who are a certain age um or like early footwork music or something like that too where it's just like it completely creates like this whole other world um and that's definitely I, we, we kind of got there but like that's kind of what david is grappling with right where it's like yeah. um at one point he's kind of made to believe that like metal is somehow beneath him or should be beneath him and well, um yeah and i guess that's the other thing right so you know on the other hand if you're into something like that at least this was true it's true for me you know you have people telling you that there's something wrong with it mm -hmm. and as a result there's something wrong with you because you like it and and i think that that's really interesting too just how 
people work through that and, and make peace with that. And it could be with any number of things, you know, uh, with, but I mean, and again, in my experience, I, I see that I have seen that a lot with metal or punk rock or skateboarding or any of those things that it's interesting because those are all things that are really kind of like ascendant in pop culture, right. Or, or hip hop, you know, mm -hmm. anything like that, uh, that, but, but then there are always people telling you, uh, well, you know, at, at least when I was growing up, that, that these were things that were bad for you. And, and what's interesting is I get older, I find that these are things that have actually given a lot of value and have helped me out a lot in my life. Um, and, and so that's kind of a, a weird thing to think through. And, and yeah, so for him, it's like in his relationships too, where he's trying to um figure that out as well but then he's you know dealing with this relationship where the person's telling him that that he's a loser because he likes metal you know mm -hmm. so, so there are a lot of ways that that comes through in, in the third book and he's trying to, to grapple with that i wonder too if there's something to that when it comes to like all the guys who are in um like the early punk bands who who get photographed wearing like mega shirts nowadays or like was it one of the ramones said something like he always thought punk rock was extremely right-wing and conservative and so you're like when you're in this thing it's super you know generally punk rock is considered fairly left-wing or at least nihilistic and then all these guys grow up and get old uh -huh. and, and you know and are now like or even hip hop too. I mean, um, the NWA guys going from singing "fuck the police" to playing "police" on TV, or Kanye West doing right. his whole weird arc. I wonder if there's something to that where it's like, I don't know. I, it feels like it's more than just being a contrarian, but maybe maybe that's all it is. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, um, but that's that was those are the things I guess in terms of. You know, so I so that the book's not just also trying to present metal as this like, you know, a, a, as a kind of mediated or commodified thing, or or like it's an image or or something that is there, you know, in the world of celebrity. Mm -hmm. Instead, I really wanted to get with um, just showing characters who have these real world struggles, but they're interacting with this world of fantasy or whatever that's connected to that. Um, and then I think too, that uh, that's where like, you know, the books also make these moves to connect to like mythology or a global literature and stuff like that. So that, that there's this idea, too, that it, it's kind of like two things at once. On the one hand, it's like metal is totally, totally meaningless and has no purpose. On the other hand, it's like it's connected to the most important things of all, like art and poetry and spirit and all of that sort of stuff. And, and so it's these characters, like, I guess, moving between these two opposite things that are both kind of true, even though they cancel each other out. Right. There's a line in the book where one of the characters says the heretic is the only true believer. Yes, right. And then so like the Nordicron uh, in in the church, you know, so mm -hmm. that's interesting, too. 
um, because, you know, I mean, you know, in general, right, there's, there's so much of this focus on, you know, black metal or metal being anti-religious, but then so much of the themes and ideas are really indistinguishable. And so like, there's the part where he has the prayer book and he's turning these lines from Psalms into, you know, what are pretty pitch perfect metal lyrics. And those are actual lines, you know, he just modifies them a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and then too, I think just musically, like, so there's this whole dungeon synth element to it, but there's also like, what is the, what is the first dungeon synth? What is the first synth in the dungeon? The, the pipe organ, right? Mm -hmm. and like the way that, that Bach comes, comes into play also, it's kind of like this, um, guiding force of, of music and, 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 you know, obviously that influences metal quite a bit, um, you know, so trying to show some of those interconnections or those cultural influences that often get overlooked or, or not presented. And I guess the flip side of that too, is then I've got unicorn, the mm -hmm. Christian metal band, you know, um, which again, I put in, you know, I wanted to, as far as the expansiveness of the books, it was kind of like, well, well, that's an important genre too. Uh, and, but I think a lot of people would overlook something like that. And I think too, is just kind of like the, the, the way that the third book has this, uh, move back to, to power metal or classic metal. And mm -hmm. so that was also just a way to really give an example of a band that exemplifies that. But at the same time, the guys in that band have kind of, they've been like washed up from the 80s. So they're not going to make it in, in this career sense. But mm -hmm. the music they're making is really inspiring um, to David and, and even to Spart, even though Spart wants to hate it at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that um, metal is, especially in my life, a really interesting kind of starting point for a lot of things like the classical music elements um the folk music elements the the religion there's a a, a, a progressive black metal band called uh Crawlis that like does like plato inspired like platonic philosophy inspired albums oh, and stuff yeah. Yeah. um and so there's a depth to the world of metal that is really easy to miss by just saying, oh, well, every every metal man just looked through a, a Latin dictionary and found the longest word they could find that right. didn't pull up another band on Bandcamp and said, all yeah. right, there we go. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of these people who also, like, think very deeply about religion and philosophy and... Um, just put it in a heavily occulted form. Um, I, I found myself really also um, just being very happy about the unicorn guys. Like, obviously, you know, wishing that the characters had had a better lot in life. But the idea, too, that, like, you can just play the music because you like it. You can just go right. out and play shows because it's fun. Because it's fun to yeah. get in, in front of a crowd. Um I think that's a useful sort of thing to happen near the end of the series too, when it is becoming very clear that like nobody's getting famous. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, 
most books about music or or artists or whatever it's always this this like linear uh path of ascent and then they you know if they do flame out it's because they they went too high there's this kind of icarus mm -hmm. thing going on you know and uh yeah, I, I didn't think that that was legitimate, you know? I mean, maybe it is for, but I think it's like, it's almost like a, a way of reinforcing this false um, mythos, you know, like musical mythos. And, but yeah, exactly. So like the, uh, yeah, so Unicorn is in there and they're doing it for the, for the right reasons and they're, they're fun to listen to. But I, and I think, I guess to get back to the, you know the, the like the musical history element of it mm -hmm. the idea that music could be fun in like 1994 that's a challenging idea right yeah. <laughs> because there are lots of rules about like what things should be and what things should not be. uh so so that's that's kind of interesting too i think just you know these uh characters that are renouncing all of these rules yeah, some something about metal, and I find this also with with electronic music too, is that there's like a set orthodoxy, and then if somebody pushes yeah. outside of it too much, they get celebrated, but then an, a new orthodoxy gets placed around it really quick, which is why you have yeah. a million subgenres. You have, you know, blackened death core, progressive blackened death core, because like it's the same thing as that, but they use seven four time signatures sometimes and it's like way too different right yes exactly yeah and 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 it's again it's an interesting thing i mean because like it is silly and i see that that's silly too but then i know for myself if i'm like listening to music i'm like this is the right band to listen to and i can't listen to that <laughs> even mm -hmm. though on the surface i'm sure they're just like very minute differences you know but for some reason i'm like that's that's right that's the right way to do it that's the wrong way to do it at the same time realizing that that's ridiculous mm -hmm. and, and then i guess you know in the book uh david in this book he really has that because he starts to develop these friendships that are outside of metal mm -hmm. like his friend abdul and uh and then his girlfriend and so he, he's starting to have this this whole world of friends who don't know anything about this at all but then he's able to um, have this friendship with them where there aren't all of these rules and expectations on him which i think in the beginning of the first book i don't think you know david fosberg would have been able to do that yeah yeah so it's, it's a subtle change that he makes right because he's still very much the same guy I, I i feel like he has many of like the same sort of values it's just a, a more clear-headedness about about the world at the end of right. the day and then and then a more openness right yeah. like he's he's more willing to try new things at least even if yeah. he doesn't like them yeah and i guess you know i i guess just for my writing that's like you know, it is, it's a very subtle difference. So uh, it's, I don't know, you know, so like something is happening, <laughs> he is changing, but it's not like this profound awakening or anything like that. He just has a little bit more uh, of a, of a, a clear eyed view of where he is in relation to this thing. But I, I think that that's, you know, for, 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 
for readers, right? Like for uh, for people in in our lives, that's often enough. That's mm-hmm. often all you really need. Yeah, uh, certainly. I I feel like anytime you learn to let yourself enjoy something a little bit more or something new is uh-huh. uh, a huge win. Uh, a huge win. Um, I I think the book too using music offers a sort of good a good thing for writers too I, I feel like we're sort of working in this world where it's mostly writers reading books written by writers right yeah. M- most most of the people who've read my books are either my family or people who also write books um yeah and i guess i can't speak to your, your sales numbers but i i imagine I imagine you probably experienced close to the same thing. And it's, you know, when I look back in 10 years, all the people I know from, from this little corner of the writing world, like how many of us are really going to have made it. Um, Oh yeah. And, and, and how much of us are just going to continue writing because it's fun to do. It's a good way to spend your time. It's a good way to, to flex your muscles. And I, I feel like the end of the book kind of brings a piece to that where like you kind of see what happens, like what you have to do to make it, you know, um, right. with, with the character who, who does sort of reach a claim. And it's like, you know, you see that based on who that character was at the beginning and what they were doing at the beginning. And you're like, OK, so there were there were maybe a couple compromises made here and if that's what you have to do are you willing to do that yeah yeah and and i think you're right i mean like there there are a lot of parallels i would think to how david's talking about metal to yeah to writing itself right uh and then i mean this is the so adeladel the press this Mm -hmm. is their last book yeah (laughs) you know they're done uh i mean they're still doing grindhouse and they're building that up and they've done a lot of really amazing stuff with that yeah but uh yeah that's interesting because of this whole world of indie lit that you know there are a lot of writers releasing and making a lot of really cool stuff but there's still kind of this threshold i guess as far in in most cases right In, in terms of the i don't know the the reach of it which is i don't know kind of tricky sometimes i think to think through yeah i i'm i'm wondering i'm trying to remember if we talked much about uh the the autobiographical nature of this because uh-huh. did did we at all or, or how autobiographical is is this oh uh, yeah um we probably did but uh it's it's you know, like any writer, you're kind of just bringing together a lot of different things here. Like I grew up in Miami. That's true. I lived in Belgium for a year as a Fulbright scholar when I was doing my doctoral dissertation. Mm. Um, so that's true. Uh, I took Dutch classes. <laughs> that's true. Uh, you know, there are other things that are in there that are true. Other things that are just kind of like, um, you know, like imaginative reimaginings of things from metal history and stuff. Uh, so it's kind of a mix of a bunch of things. 
so so where I'm, I'm curious where you think uh or how you feel about contemporary metal then too that's one one of the things i kept thinking about is like i didn't necessarily feel it in in any of the books as though you were making a commentary on anything now right there was, it didn't feel like there was a lot of foreshadowing but i am interested in sort of how you feel about it or did you get uh-huh. to a certain point where you just kind of stopped listening to new stuff and and found your set that's a good question no i don't know um i i'm always kind of cycling through or listening to new stuff um but i also gravitate back towards stuff that i like you know like in my office i have an ipod that (laughs) (laughs) this has a bunch of stuff on it and when i'm working i'm just kind of listening to whatever i downloaded there circa you know up to like 2010 or something like that Mm -hmm. Uh, but on the other hand uh you know i'll I guess as far, I, I think, I, I don't know, I guess as far as genres go, though, what's interesting is there are a lot of new bands that are doing stuff with, I guess, the approaches to metal that that I like the most, you know? So, like, there's a whole range of old school death metal bands, for example, that are new and that are basically redoing the first incantation album Mm. and that's that's fine by me you know (laughs) like blood incantation or tomb mold or or those kinds of bands um so i like that um or like there are lots of bands that are kind of redoing you know like power metal uh like uh i'm trying to and it's one of those things where you know they it's either really good and perfect or or not like ambush is a really good band uh well that's a, one of their uh, one of their albums i like a lot or um i don't know like like a band like haunt have you heard them mm-hmm yeah, they kind of are redoing some of this 80s style stuff and and it's a little anyway it it has some modern elements to it but it's also still kind of classic in a lot of ways so i like that uh and then for this just um you know with the dungeon synth element to it so obviously i'm going to go back to like the first couple of mortis albums but there's as we were talking about before this there there's so many different um really like i mean i don't want to say groups because generally just like a single person Mm -hmm. but projects that are doing so many interesting things so you know i I feel like there's just so much to listen to but there's not really a sense of of like a a center i kind of feel like all of these different genres are existing in a modern way right now you know yeah but as to like what the the bigger band for me i just don't like things if they sound too polished Mm -hmm. but but always i've always been like that yeah I, the sort of contemporary dungeon synth stuff feels so much like other um internet based musics and in that it splinters so fast where it's like yeah. well, there's cozy metal or, or cozy yeah. synth and right. like dinosaur dungeon and synth diplodocus yeah, yeah diplodocus yeah, is great exactly. yeah um yeah and like and, and, go ahead oh 
I mean, I, I and but that's a whole another thing, right? Just like how internet culture is changing mm-hmm. um, music genres, or really just art and writing in general. Uh, but I, I deliberately don't deal with that in these books, you know, just because it is set at a particular time. And I might have a couple places where I allude to the present, but I, I try not to to get into that too much. Yeah. And I like that. I think there's something special about that, that just pre-internet time, especially in music, where you still have like locality as a defining factor in musical style. You know, like U.S. black metal doesn't mean a whole lot to me the way that it might have meant something to somebody a while ago. Yeah, well, and that element, too, of the the object. So, like, David finds out that Inferno comes out, and then he wants to go and buy the copy because... And then he's pissed off because he doesn't get a free copy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so this focus on the, the physical thing, and then he looks at the liner notes, and he sees stuff in there. You know, um, I write a scholarship about uh metal also so i've been doing Mm. essays in in that regard and and what i do because it it would be it's because things are so splinted and 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 fragmented it's hard sometimes to have like a something textual to to connect to i mean because i'm an english professor so so what i find myself doing is focusing on liner notes themselves Mm. like as you know this is the this is the textual object that i'm analyzing here or you know i'm looking at a you know or maybe a couple of them or something like that uh but i think that that now it would be harder to um to do that i mean if you're working with stuff that was like really recent it would be harder to do that i think Although, on the other hand, like with the Dungeon Synth stuff, there's so much of a focus on the physical, the tape even, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the limited edition of uh, 35 tapes or whatever. <laughs> so so there's that element to it as well. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And there's definitely people doing stuff like that with books these days too, right? There's, oh, yeah. There's um, like M. Kedril does stuff like that with his... Um, I can't remember the name of his press now. Um, but it's like, yep, I'm going to print these out at home there's going to be 50 copies if you can't get them i might upload the pdfs at some point right or the publisher i I forget the name of it but they are they do like limited edition hardcover books Mm. uh, books that have already been released you know Mm -hmm. um uh yeah i don't know uh which it's kind of interesting because there's it's still part of like the indie lit world but then it's making this object here that generally i mean i'm thinking if you're making like hardcover you're, you're wanting to sell it to a library or something like that mm-hmm. <laughs> so has the, the cash to to uh, you know put out for that kind of thing all right well before we wrap up here then I, do you have plans for for something next you alluded to it earlier um, yeah. Do you have any like kind of concrete things that you're working on right now? It's so this is kind you know this is coming out. It's it's basically well I think it's actually out now. So sinister synthesizer is out now. So that's great. Uh, and then I 
uh, I, I always kind of like alternate back and forth between creative stuff and scholarly stuff. Uh, I don't know. It, it just helps me. And, and I think just for work also, it's, it's kind of nice to, to, um, uh, you know, to, to work in different forms. Mm-hmm. So probably then, I mean, I have a few like scholarly articles that I'm working on and then I'll figure out creative wise what to do i mean i, I like I, I said i i am i do want to do a book about skateboarding because that's this other thing that's in my life that's been really important uh and, and i think if i were to do it, it it would be not a trilogy it would be like a single volume and instead of maybe just about one person because I, I feel like with skateboarding so much uh, of that in my life has been about these different interrelated groups of people like your 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 skate crew or whatever mm-hmm. you know uh and so i'd want to show like all of these different kinds of friendships over time and and maybe intermingling in different ways too um I, i've written some stuff for it but that's basically like the general frame for it um, but also, as you know, I am very slow, <laughs> so that might be another, you know, give me five years or something like that. We'll see what happens. I don't know.